0: chapter seventeen of the nest of the sparrowhawk by emma orksey this LibriVox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines Celtic city utah russ and Urbe. one or two of the men looked up as de chavasse entered but no one took much notice of him most of those present remembered him from the past few years when still with pockets well filled through having forestalled lady sue's maintenance money he was an habitual frequenter of some of the smart secret clubs in town but here just the same as elsewhere sir marmaduke was not a popular man and many there were who had unpleasant recollections of his surly temper and uncouth ways whenever fickle fortune happened not to favor him even now he looked sullen and disagreeable as having exchanged a significant glance with his sister-in-law he gave a comprehensive nod to the assembled guests which had nothing in it either of cordiality or of good will he touched editha's finger-tips with his lips and then advanced into the room here he was met by mistress endicott who had effectually thrown off the last vestige of annoyance and of rebellion for she greeted the new-comer with marked good-humor and an encouraging smile it is indeed a pleasure to see that sir marmaduke de chavasse hath not forgot old friends she said pleasantly it was passing kind gracious mistress he responded forcing himself to speak naturally and in agreeable tones to remember an insignificant country bumpkin like myself and you see i have presumed on your lavish hospitality and brought my young friend master richard lambert to whom you extended so gracious an invitation he turned to lambert who a little dazed to find himself in such brilliant company had somewhat timidly kept close to the heels of his employer he thought mistress Endicott vulgar and overdressed the moment he felt bold enough to raise his eyes to hers but he chided himself immediately for thus daring to criticise his betters his horizon so far had been very limited only quite vaguely had he heard of town and court life the little cottage where dwelt the old quakeress who had brought him and his brother up and the tumble-down dilapidated house of sir marmaduke de chavasse were the only habitations in which he was intimate the neighbouring kentish squires sir timothy harrison squire pinchion and sir john boatfield were the only presentations of gentlemen he had ever seen sir marmaduke de chavasse had somewhat curtly given him orders the day before that he was to accompany him to london whither he himself had to go to consult his lawyer lambert had naturally obeyed without murmur but with vague trepidations at thought of this his first journey into the great town sir marmaduke had been very kind had given him a new suit of grogram lined with flowered silk which lambert thought the richest garment he had ever seen he was very loyal in his thoughts to his employer bearing with the latter's violence and pandering to his fits of ill-humour for the sake of the home which sir marmaduke had provided for him to lambert's mind sir marmaduke's kindness to him was wholly gratuitous his own position as secretary being but a sinecure the young man readily attributed de chavasse's interest in himself to innate goodness of heart and desire to help the poor orphan lad this estimate of his employer's character richard lambert had not felt any cause to modify he continued to serve him faithfully to look after his interests in and around acol court to the best of his ability above all he continued to be whole-heartedly grateful he was so absolutely conscious of the impassable social barrier which existed between himself and the rich daughter of the great earl of dover that he never for a moment resented sir marmaduke's sneers when they were directed against his obvious growing love for sue remember that he had no cause to suspect sir marmaduke de chavasse of any nefarious projects or of any evil intentions with regard to himself when he told him that together they would go this night to the house of an old friend mrs endicott where they would derive much pleasure and entertainment they had spent the previous night at the swan inn in fleet street and the day in visiting the beautiful sights of london which caused the young lad from the country to open wide eyes in astonishment and pleasure sir marmaduke had been peculiarly gracious even taking richard with him to the frenchman's house in queen's head alley where that curious beverage called coffee was dispensed and where several clever people met and discussed politics in a manner which was vastly interesting to the young man then when the evening began to draw in and lambert thought it high time to go to bed for twas a pity to burn expensive candles longer than was necessary sir marmaduke had astonished his secretary by telling him that he must now clean and tidy himself for they would proceed to the house of a great lady named mistress endicott a friend of the ex-queen henrietta maria and a lady of peculiar virtues and saintliness who would give them vast and pleasing entertainment lambert was only too ready to obey enjoyment came naturally to him beneath his quaker bringing up his youth good health and pure naturally noble intellect all craved companionship with its attendant pleasures and joys he himself could not afterwards have said exactly how he had pictured in his mind the saintly lady friend of the unhappy queen whom he was to meet this night certainly mistress endicott with her red face surmounted by masses of curls that were obviously false since they did not match the rest of her hair was not the ideal paragon of all the virtues and when he was first made to greet her a strange unreasoning instinct seemed to draw him away from her to warn him to fly from this noisy company from the sight of those many faces all unnaturally flushed and from the sounds of those strange oaths which greeted his ears from every side a great wave of thankfulness came over him that his gracious lady innocent tender beautiful lady sue had not come to london with her guardian whilst he gazed on the marvels of westminster hall and of old st paul's he had longed that she should be near him so that he might watch the brilliance of her eyes and the glow of pleasure which of a surety would have mantled in her cheeks when she was shown the beauties of the great city but now he was glad very glad that sir marmaduke had so sternly ordained that she should remain those few days alone at acol in charge of mistress charity and of master busy at the time he had chafed bitterly at his own enforced silence he would have given all he possessed in the world for the right to warn sir marmaduke de chavasse that a wolf was prowling in the fold under cover of the night he had seen lady sue's eyes brighten at the dictum that she was to remain behind they told him in eloquent language the joy she felt to be free for two days that she might meet her prince undisturbed but all these thoughts and fears had fled the moment lambert found himself in the midst of these people whom he innocently believed to be great ladies and noble gentlemen friends of his employer sir marmaduke de chavasse it seemed to him at once as if there was something here in this room which he would not wish lady sue to see he was clumsy and gauche in his movements as he took the hand which mistress endicott extended to him but he tried to imitate the salute which he had seen his employer give on the flat not very clean fingertips of the lady she was exceedingly gracious to him saying with great kindliness and a melancholy sigh ah you come from the country master so delightful of a truth milk for breakfast eh you get up at dawn and go to bed at sunset i know country life well though alas duty now keeps me in town but tis small wonder that you look so young he tried to talk to her of the country for here she had touched on a topic which was dear to him he knew all about the birds and beasts the forests and the meadows and being unused to the art of hypocritical interest he took for real sympathy the lady's vapid exclamations of enthusiasm with which she broke in now and again upon his flow of eloquence. Sir Marmaduke de Chavasse, who was watching the young man with febrile keenness, had the satisfaction to note that very soon Richard began to throw off his bucolic timidity, his latent yet distinctly perceptible disapproval of the company into which he had been brought he sought out his sister-in-law and drew her attention to lambert in close conversation with mrs endicott is everything arranged he asked under his breath everything she replied no trouble with our henchmen a little but they are submissive now what is the arrangement persuade young lambert to take a hand at primero endicott will do the rest who is in the know he queried after a slight pause during which he watched his unsuspecting victim with a deep frown of impatience and of hate only the endicotts she explained but do you think that he will play she added casting an anxious look on her brother-in-law's face he nodded affirmatively yes he said curtly i can arrange that as soon as you are ready she turned from him and walked to the centre table she watched the game for a while noting that young Seagrave was still the winner and that lord walterton was very flushed and excited then she caught endicott's eye and immediately lowered her lashes twice in succession ventre saint gris swore endicott with an unmistakable british accent in the french expletive but i'll play no more the bank is broken and i have lost too much money mr Seagrave there has nearly cleaned me out and still i cannot break his luck he rose abruptly from his chair even as mistress de chavasse quietly walked away from the table but lord walterton placed a detaining though very trembling hand on the cinnamon-coloured sleeve nay parbleu ye cannot go like this good master endicott he said speaking very thickly i want another round or two pon my honour i do i haven't lost nearly all i meant to lose ye cannot stop play so abruptly master said seagrave whose eyes shone with an unnatural glitter and whose cheeks were covered with a hectic flush ye cannot leave us all in the lurch nay i doubt not my young friend quoth endicott gruffly that you would wish to play all night you have won all my money and lord walterton's too and most of mine added sir michael isherwood ruefully why should not master Seagrave take the bank here came in shrill accents from mistress endicott who throughout her conversation with lambert had kept a constant eye on what went on around her husband's table he seems the only moneyed man amongst you all she added with a laugh which grated most unpleasantly on richard's ear i will gladly take the bank said Seagrave eagerly. Party! I care not who hath the bank, quoth Lord Walterton, with the slow emphasis of the inebriated. My system takes time to work, and I stand to lose a good deal, unless, hick, unless I win. You are not where you were when you began, commented Sir Michael grimly. By gad, no, hick. But tis no matter. Give me time. Methinks I saw Sir Marmaduke de Chavasse just now, said Endicott, looking about him. Ah, and here comes our worthy baronet. He added cheerily, as Sir Marmaduke's closely cropped head, very noticeable in the crowd of periwigs, emerged from amidst the group that clustered round Mistress Endicott. A hand at Primero, sir? i thank you no replied sir marmaduke striving to master his habitual ill-humour and to speak pleasantly my luck hath long since deserted me if it ever visited me at all a fact of which i grow daily more doubtful but ventre saint gris ejaculated lord walterton who showed an inclination to become quarrelsome in his cups we must have some one To take endicott's place i cannot work my system hick if so few play perhaps your young friend sir marmaduke suggested mistress endicott waving an embroidered handkerchief in the direction of richard lambert no doubt no doubt rejoined sir marmaduke turning with kindly graciousness to his secretary master lambert these gentlemen are requiring another hand for their game i pray you join in with them i would do so with pleasure sir replied lambert still unsuspecting but i fear me i am a complete novice at cards what is the game he was vaguely distrustful of cards for he had oft heard this pastime condemned as ungodly by those with whom he had held converse in his early youth nevertheless it did not occur to him that there might be anything wrong in a game which was countenanced by sir marmaduke de chavasse whom he knew to be an avowed puritan and by the saintly lady who had been the friend of ex-queen henrietta maria tis a simple round game said sir marmaduke lightly you would soon learn and said lambert diffidently questioning and eyeing the gold and silver which lay in profusion on the table there is no money at stake of course oh only a little rejoined mistress endicott a paltry trifle to add zest to the enjoyment of the game however little it may be sir marmaduke said lambert firmly speaking directly to his employer i humbly pray you to excuse me before these gentlemen the three players at the table as well as the two endicots had listened to this colloquy with varying feelings segrave was burning with impatience lord walterton was getting more and more fractious whilst sir michael isherwood viewed the young secretary with marked hauteur at the last word spoken by lambert there came from all these gentlemen sundry ejaculations expressive of contempt or annoyance which caused an ugly frown to appear between de chavasse's eyes and a deep blush to rise in the young man's pale cheek what do you mean queried sir marmaduke harshly there are other gentlemen here said lambert speaking with more firmness and decision now that he encountered inimical glances and felt as if somehow he was on trial before all these people and i am not rich enough to afford the luxury of gambling nay if that is your difficulty rejoined sir marmaduke i pray you good master to command my purse you are under my wing to-night and i will gladly bear the burden of your losses i thank you sir marmaduke said the young man with quiet dignity and i entreat you once again to excuse me i have never staked at cards either mine own money or that of others i would prefer not to begin Meseems, seems hic de chavasse that this-this young friend of yours is a hic damned puritan came in ever thickening accents from lord walterton i hope sir marmaduke de chavasse here interposed endicott with much pompous dignity that your hem your young friend doth not desire to bring insinuations doubts mayhap against the honour of my house or of my friends nay nay good endicott said sir marmaduke speaking in tones that were so conciliatory so unlike his own quarrelsome temper quick at taking offence that richard lambert could not help wondering what was causing this change master lambert hath no such intention pon my honour he is young and-and he misunderstands you see my good lambert he added once more turning to the young man and still speaking with unwonted kindness and patience you are covering yourself with ridicule and placing me who am your protector to night in a very awkward position. Had I known you were such a gaby, I would have left you to go to bed alone. Nay, Sir Marmaduke, here came in decisive accents from portly Mistress Endicott, methinks tis you who misunderstand Master Lambert. He is of a surety an honourable gentleman, and hath no desire to insult me, who have never done him wrong, nor yet my friends, by refusing a friendly game of cards in my house. She spoke very pointedly, causing her speech to seem like a menace, even though the words betokened gentleness and friendship. Lambert's scruples and his desire to please struggled hopelessly, in his mind mistress endicott's eye held him silent even while it urged him to speak what could he say sir marmaduke toward whom he felt gratitude and respect surely would not urge what he thought would be wrong for lambert and if a chaste and pure woman did not disapprove of a game of primero among friends what right had he to set up his own standard of right or wrong against hers what right had he to condemn what she approved to offend his generous employer and to bring opprobrium and ridicule on himself which would of necessity redound against sir marmaduke also vague instinct still entered a feeble protest but reason and common sense and a certain undetermined feeling of what was due to himself socially poor country bumpkin fought a hard battle too i am right am i not good master lambert came in dulcet tones from the virtuous hostess that you would not really refuse a quiet game of cards with my friends at my entreaty in my house and lambert with a self-deprecatory sigh and a shrug of the shoulders said quietly i have no option gracious mistress chapter seventeen